Welcome to Undisguided Podcast, brought to you by Maria Dornell, Realtor, helping families open the doors to their dream homes. Hi, I'm Corey Felton, your host of Undisguided Podcast, and today I have a very special guest, coach from the Citadel, Jack Castleberry. How you doing, coach? I'm doing great, Corey. I appreciate you having me on, man. Man, no problem at all, coach. It's a pleasure to have you on during this time frame that we're living in right now. Yeah, it's crazy to say the least, man. Everybody's just trying to navigate this new world. And coach, given that we're navigating through all this stuff, man, um, you was a you were a basketball player. You have coaching experience over a decade. Give us some background information about what we started. Well, I was born in Virginia and kind of split time back in uh, Virginia, North Carolina, growing up. Lucky enough to play college ball at DMI. Uh, played for two coaches there, Bart Belair's the first two years, and then Coach Drew Balkum the last two years. Um, struggled. Uh, we had a difficult uh, program history for a few years there, and then Coach B came in and, and really just rectified everything. Uh, we went from winning seven games his first year and winning 14 games the second year, going to the conference championship, and lost to a really, really good winter team coached by Greg Marshall, uh, who was obviously now the head coach of Wichita State. And they went on to win a game in the NCAA tournament, which ranked in the top 25. Uh, so, you know, really had a good year there. My senior year, really proud of that. And kind of laying, hopefully laying the foundation for what would come. But you know, with a group of guys, that, uh, I was probably the worst player on the team, but it was nice to be part of it. Uh, and then had a shot right out of college uh, to go into coaching. I was lucky enough to jump on UT Martin as a third assistant. I uh, was only able to get an assistant job because they didn't have any money to pay anybody with any experience. So uh, the third assistant spot was a GA position so sprinted out there to that uh, was there for one year we had a, a pretty good year and then I was lucky enough to get hired back uh, at DMI by my former head coach uh, Chris Balcom the guy I played for the last few years was there with him for four years and then had an opportunity to kind of pop up out of left field going up to Siena College and working on the women's side uh, for two years with one of my best friend's sisters Allie Jack uh, and then left basketball altogether to go live in Philadelphia with my now wife uh, got into financial planning for a few years. Uh, really enjoyed doing it, but found myself volunteering at a local high school in the Philadelphia Catholic League within about, uh, let's say, eight months. And uh, realized when I was showing up at middle school games trying to get guys to come to high school that I could probably be doing this for a living <laughs> instead of doing it part-time uh, and volunteering just for fun. Uh, so my boss at DMI had since taken his job down here at Fizzle. Uh, he left DMI as the all-time winning coach there. Unbelievable what he accomplished there. And I uh, had an opportunity... I had a, an opening rather down here at the Civil. Uh, was willing to let me come back, took a job as a Dobo, uh, and I've been able to work my way up for an assistant from my movement on staff. And, you know, we're really lucky because the Civil is such a unique place, uh, a high academic institution, also a place that requires a lot of each of our kids. So the kids that we recruit here are pretty unique, pretty driven both, you know, in the classroom and on the basketball court. And, pretty special to be able to come in and work with these guys day in and day out because of just quality and visuals. we got a great lot of It's fun to be around. Wow, Coach. You have had a journey um, to be where you are right now. And speaking of your journey, Coach, you were able to walk on and earn a full scholarship. During that time of your life, Coach, what were you telling yourself? You know, uh, I think I just kind of made the decision. You know, I I was a pretty good high school player. Obviously, you know, everybody who's in college is a pretty good high school player. Um, but uh, in college, I just, you know, I 
probably the worst player on the team, like I, like I said, and just kind of made a decision that, okay, I'm going to play harder than anybody else. Um, and I had a unique opportunity because of the coaching change going into my junior year. And uh, it was kind of a fresh start for everybody. And again, while I was far, I was probably the least talented guy on that team, I just decided that, okay, well, I'm going to be the guy who plays the hardest. And so I was able to find some time on the floor and I was lucky enough to play for a coach who was you know, a guy who appreciated other dudes who played hard. And he was kind enough to give me an opportunity to be a scholarship player in my last two years. And so it wasn't something where I felt quote unquote slept on or anything like that. It was just a matter of like, okay, well, what can I do to change my circumstances? And I certainly didn't think I was going to earn a scholarship in that process, but it was just one of those things where, Hey, you make a decision and you start changing the way you go about business and it worked out for the best. And coach, I think that's something that this generation needs to hear is that, Hard work and perseverance can get you where you thought you couldn't be, but you could finally want land in that opportunity, but you have to put the work in. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I think one of the biggest stepping stones or maybe uh, barricades to real success from a lot of high school players that become college players is figuring out how hard you have to play. You know, not just do you have to be in the gym, but how hard you need to go when you're in the gym. Like, are you doing, are you a guy who comes in and says, yeah, man, I was in the, in the gym for three hours a day? Or are you a guy who was in the gym for an hour, but you were going at game speed and you're sweating like crazy? And, you know, it was, rep, you know, reps that simulated some type of game atmosphere. So, you know, just realizing there's a different level that all these high school kids have to play on. When, when they get here, they're forced to figure it out or they don't survive. And I thank you for that, Coach, because, like like I said, I think a lot of kids, they need that information because with COVID going on, they're in a unique situation, and they're trying to understand how everything's going to work for them in the future. And if they don't see that, hey, maybe I have to take another avenue, work a little harder, work a little smarter, or just do what I have to do as an athlete, I feel like a lot of kids will give up on their dreams but yet here's a coach that say, hey, I worked hard and then I got my offer later, but I worked hard to be at that point. So Coach Castleberry, that's a lot. That's a lot of inspiration. Yeah, well, I mean, it's something everybody's capable of doing. You know, it's not necessarily anything special. It's just kind of a decision that you make in your life and decide that you know, you're going to take some control of what your, uh, what your future may look like. You assisted with player development and recruiting. Can you offer some advice to the recruits about both? Absolutely. Um, you know, when it comes to player development, just keep it simple. There's a lot of uh, flashy things that you see some guys working on from time to time, but if you really watch a basketball game, it's pretty much a lot of efficient movements and a lot of moving basketball and a lot of guys who can make shots. You know, the two questions that we ask when we're recruiting kids and we call their coaches and want to find out, the two, the two questions we ask regularly uh, that are about basketball-specific stuff are can you shoot and can you guard? Okay, now obviously there's a little bit of variation with that uh, as far as specifics go from position to position, but those are two core things that we are, are focusing on. Um, and so when guys are in the gym working on the games, just be really good at the fundamentals. You know, be able to make jump shots when you're open. You know, rep, 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 and rep them all at game speed. Because it's really important to be able to shoot the basketball in the game. It's not as physical game as it was maybe, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, it's become more of a three-point shooting game. 
clearly by you know every metric. And you watch the NBA, you, you see how obvious that is. It's about being able to make shots and about being able to be efficient with your movements, get downhill. You know, you really don't need more than two or three dribbles most of the time. So don't really worry about the flash. You know, be able to get on the court where you need to go with the ball uh, without any you know restriction to to what your ball handling skills are, but. Other than that, you just got to keep it simple and, and work really hard. From the recruiting standpoint, the better your grades are, the more opportunities you're going to have. And how these guys represent themselves matters a lot. I mean, even if we're just talking about on a phone call, how this guy comes across to me, whether he is a mature kid or not, that, that matters to us when we're, when we're talking about who we're going to bring to the Citadel, especially at a military school where it's such a unique four-year experience, you have to make sure that you're getting kids that that fit this environment. Um, So what they have on their social media absolutely matters. Even if it's just retweeting something. Sometimes we worry about guys transferring. Transferring is so prominent in college basketball right now that schools really win by getting older. And in a place like the Civil where we can't take a bunch of transfers, uh, we can do the graduate transfer route, but that's about it. You know, we want to make sure that we're getting kids that fit this environment and can be here for four years because you get you win by being juniors and seniors in college, by having those guys do a lot of minutes for you. The older you are in the major basketball, the more likely you are to win games. So I say all that to say, if a kid's transferred to three schools in high school, you know, we're going to back off of that kid because we're going to worry that he's going to transfer at the first time university in college. And in our minds, that doesn't help us winning in the long run. Wow. I never thought about it from that aspect, Coach. And now looking at it, I look at the transfer portal, and when you think about it, you are correct. In anything you do, it takes time to build up. And just like in basketball, the more reps, you know, the more opportunities, all that takes time to become better at. But if you're not giving yourself the time to be better, then you're just basically just playing in a lot of places. I never really thought about it from that philosophy, but that's a good one, Coach. Yeah, and you know we've actually had a lot of success viewing the recruiting process in that manner, uh, or at least recently. We've the last few years we've had fewer transfers in Division One average, and we're doing it at a military school. So, you know, we think that we're building a really strong foundation for a really good future. But you know, it is very much about finding the right fit. And I think even for a high school kid, I mean, part of I don't I don't think kids sign to go to school thinking that they're going to transfer. But the question that I think kids have to ask themselves is, do they really know that program? Do they really know what it's about? Do they really know what the school's about? And obviously right now with COVID, you're somewhat restricted. I mean, you're not going to be on campus anytime soon to be able to get a good feel for the locker room and stuff like that. But you know, maybe kids should be reaching out to the coach and saying, hey, could you give me the number for one of your players? I'd love to talk to this, this player that's in the locker room right now. And if coaches aren't willing to do that, I mean, it's probably an interesting time to begin with. But I think most are going to be you know, they will say, like, yeah, I'd love to connect you with somebody in our team. And high school kids have to think about finding the right spot for them so that it is a four-year deal. And then it's not a, I'm going to jump to two or three schools because that doesn't benefit anybody. You know, talking about student-athlete welfare, kids who transfer tend to graduate at a lower rate than kids who stay at four-year schools because you're talking about credits transferring and stuff like that. And if academics is going to be the priority for a kid, then transferring which definitely has a place in the right settings and stuff like that. I'm not anti-transfer, but I don't think you want to transfer just because you're not getting a bunch of minutes where you, where you stand out or where you're not articulating the right way. But you know, there's there's plenty of good reasons to transfer. I and mean, there's some that just are like running from adversity or just didn't get the right fit the first time around. So 
just take time and make sure you really fully understand what that school and that program is all about. Coach Castleberry, that is the most valuable information that I've, that I've heard about transferring and understanding the reasons, the whys and why nots. So I thank you for that nugget right there on Underscouted. Absolutely. Coach, you touched on when it comes to a student-athlete, what qualities would you look for them to have? You touched on that already. The only other question I have for you, Coach, is what are your goals as a coach this season? Well, I mean, I think it's specifically with coaches. You know, your goals are going to be very team-oriented. I mean, you know, that's the one thing about being a coach that I think is different than being a player. Coaches really do just worry about winning. you know. And players worry about winning, but I think innately, every player has you know some concern about themselves. I think it's just typical and a normal human function. So, you know, our whole thing is just about we want to have a winning record this year. We struggled last year in large part because we had a significant number of injuries. I think that's by far the most snake-bitten team injury-wise that I've ever been a part of, and it's just some pretty key players. But the good thing that came out of that was we had some unbelievable efforts from our younger guys who maybe weren't fully ready yet, but they gained a lot of experience in the process, and you can watch them develop throughout that year. And we walked away extremely impressive, and extremely impressive because there was not one day where we had a bad practice. Where we walked out and felt like we weren't getting the best we could get out of our guys. And while the record showed that we were very good, we knew that if these guys stuck with it, it's going to turn around. And so this year we're back healthy. We got guys with a lot of experience and we think we can be in, in shape for a good run whenever we're allowed to start playing. And from a personal standpoint, the biggest thing that I work on this year is just trying to be more official in my time. And, and that's solely because I want to get as much accomplished today as I possibly can, but not at the expense of time with my family. And that's something every coach fights, but uh, the more efficient each of us can be, I think the better off we all are. So uh, that's, that's my goal for the season. And that's, that's more off the court stuff. But yeah, those are those are great goals to have between both. And I know it's hard, coach, because essentially the players on your team are your family, and then you have your immediate family at home. But then you have to create that that workplace balance, and it it could be difficult because work sometimes could call for a lot, especially when you're dealing with a lot of different personalities on a team. So, man, shots out to you, coach, and coach, continue doing what you do at the level you do it on because you're making an impact every day in someone's life. Well, I appreciate it. We're lucky to be able to be in a position where we can compete for a living and, and you know, if we do it right, have a very positive impact on the guys we're working with every day. Hopefully they have some lessons they can take with them when they're done playing ball here. With the Citadel, they have a lot of opportunities. Coach, on behalf of Underscouted, we thank you for coming on to the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Corey. We would like to give a thank you to our sponsors, Magaya Watches, Keep of Time and Sports, and Maria Dornell, Realtor of La Rosa Realty, helping families open doors to their dream homes. <laughs>